0: Pop Punk and Pizza podcast is presented by Pop Punk Takeout, which is a monthly subscription service that delivers merch from pop punk artists from all over the world directly to your door in a takeout box. Now, some of the previous boxes included exclusive merch from MXPX, Krista makes of less than Jake, Keep Flying, and so many others. So you can learn more and sign up for your very own pop punk takeout box today at poppunktakeout.com. And also follow them on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at Pop Punk Takeout. I'm going out. I got-
1: to Pop Pumpkin Pizza with Jacques L'Amour.
0: Hey, hey, what up? Welcome to Pop Pumpkin Pizza. It is so great to have you here. I hope you've been doing well and uh, enjoying the final days of summer. Kind of makes me sad, but at the same time, I'm, I'm excited for fall things, you know, like the pumpkin patch and all that fun stuff. So i uh, got a great show for you today, as always. We're going to be talking uh, to Chris Swinney, of a band called Fire Sale. And he also has a podcast called That One Time on Tour, which you may have heard of because it's in the same genre, the same vein of pop, punk, and pizza. We've interviewed a lot of the same people, not all of the same people, but some. And uh, in my eyes, I kind of consider him to be in like the top 10 or top 20 of, of a podcast in the Pop punk scene, genre, whatever you want to call it So we're going to be talking with him in just a little bit But first we are going to welcome a uh, pop, uh, pop artist Who is heavily influenced by pop punk I'm super excited to have her on the show uh, Let's please give a nice warm welcome to Meg She
1: got to ass like a monster She gusses gas like a monster She doesn't care if you wake up late If you over ate last night Trouble so I talk to her We in a bubble so I rock with her She doesn't care if you look like shit If you smell like it, oh well
0: With Shamu here on Pop Punk and Pizza podcast and uh, joining us uh, once again, except uh, unfortunately not uh, via the uh, uh, live video chat. Uh, She's joining us via phone so we can actually have a decent conversation. Meg, are you still there?
1: Yes. Okay. Oh
0: my God. <laughs> hey, it happens, you know. Uh like I said when we uh before we started, you just gotta, you know, you just gotta roll through it. So um so it's shamu, like when you're saying you're gonna ride on shamu, we're talking like the the killer whale shamu, right?
1: <laughs> no. Actually it's a suburban um that we that na- my family named Shamu um when we first got it oddly enough
0: I mean it makes sense because a suburban is huge especially I mean when your family got a suburban it was probably an older suburban right yeah so in
1: 2003 um my mom got my dad. My dad had like a, a, like the box Chevy Suburbans from like, I don't know, 70s, to 80s. And that thing had just run its course, but he was so attached to it. So my mom's like, Let, like, let's get him like an upgraded. We'll still get, you know, the Suburban the whole nine. And so it was like a, a Christmas gift to him. And then he ended up passing away um, unexpectedly seven months after that. And oh, wow. that, yeah. And Sorry so to hear that. that. Oh, thanks, man. It's that suburban. We just kind of it, it, it ended up getting passed down to me because all my brothers um, had cars at the time and um, I didn't. And my mom knew how close my dad and I were. And so when I started driving it around, I, I tend to name things. I don't know. I'm fucking weird that way. And I think
0: a lot of people do. Right. A lot of people name their cars. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, You're not the only one. I I can't tell you how many. And I feel like I could be wrong. I I know men name their cars, but I feel like there's more women. I know (laughs) that name their cars. And I don't mean that like in, you know, in a negative way. It's just uh, just an observation, you know.
1: Okay, well, that's fucking sick because it was one of those things where. It was just like, it was just a big black Suburban. And I was like platinum blonde at the time. It was just like this like white dot, just like driving around this little blonde girl in the South Bay. And it, it was just like pain, this, like, <laughs> this beast. It was like, why are you driving that? And I was, my mom was just like, well, this, this, you know, the family car Meg's obsessed with it. And I don't know. It was just like, Oh, I'm, I'm taking Shamu. And at the time, No one else like had a big car. Um, And so it was like, if we're going on a road trip or we're going to a house party or wherever we're going, like Meg, like, let's take Shamu, let's take (laughs) Shamu. (laughs) And then it just became this place where like, I felt close to my dad and I could blast music and roll the windows down. It was just like this escape. Um, And so my friend Matias that I wrote it with had also experienced Shamu in college. Um, I had Shamu for a while. Uh, and so he was like, yeah, dude, let's write a song about what it was like, just like rolling down the windows and like flipping off the world and fucking Shamu and that's what
0: <laughs> I love it. I love it so much. I was like, I wonder how many people from like animal rights groups and stuff like came across your, you know, the, the song Shamu and they're like, Oh wait, we got to look into this and make sure like, (laughs) you know, they're not harming Shamu, you know? And, and, uh, they're like, we got to check out this, this lyric video or this music video to make sure she's actually like not writing Shamu right now and like harming Shamu, you know? So
1: like, it's funny you say that because, um, I, I like hadn't put out music in like four years prior to Shamu, and my friend was like, "You got to put like Google alerts like anytime anyone like writes about it or posts about it, it'll like notify us." So I was like, "Oh, okay," and I would constantly get. I guess there was like some Shamu drama or something. <laughs> 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 so I would constantly get Google like alerts, and I was like, "Holy shit! Like Shamu's blowing up. People love the song, and it was never about my Oh songs.
0: man. <laughs> I didn't know you a could do old, that. A, a Google alert, like you can just say to, like have Google alert you when someone posts an article or something along those lines.
1: I mean, unless I did it wrong, that's what I was told. Is like you can put in a keyword and and like give it some context, and anytime something is published um, on the good old uh, web, there it, it it notifies you, and so I'm it's have like of to article of the
0: whale <laughs> that's uh, right i was gonna say how much has it been about the whale you know the whale shamu i didn't know that was a thing um i'm like not the most tech savvy person i try to be but um yeah i didn't know that was a thing i'm gonna have to see if i can do that for the podcast because i'm kind of curious now but um i don't but- know I don't know. I see your story about Shamu though is so much better than the actual whale. So I'm actually like I'm I'm happy to hear that there's a, a big emotional attachment to the song to the car, uh, you know, memories of your dad and all that. Um, so so why the oh. the the gap in you know releasing you know four or five years not releasing music and then finally it was like well here's here for now. I mean, is this the first EP under the name Meg or did you have other releases under Meg?
1: Um, yes, there are other releases under Meg. I've been, I've been on stage since I was eight, been in musical theater my whole life. Um, I went to an arts high school, uh, and then I was in like a girl group at the time. We had like a, a clothing line, and, like, over 200 wet field store. I mean, I just felt like I think about that now as an adult. And I'm like, whoa. Um, but it was a little, like, too poppy for me. And I was like, I'm just, like, I'm not this pop. I don't, like, do choreographed rap dances. And so I dropped out and then um, went to USC for a popular music performance and made my first solo EP there. And then... Um, when I was a senior, my friends and I started a pop punk band called party for one. And then we released an EP through that band. And then I went on the voice for a second and then I came back and then released another Meg EP. Um, And then after that, like shortly after that, I ended up meeting this guy that I just fell head over heels in love with. And up until that point, that had kind of been my first like real adult relationship, you know? Um, and so I got really, really distracted and I just kind of dove all the way in and that, that became my life. We moved in together and we were just obsessed with each other. And I think there was always a piece of me that craved like just a normal life. Like you go to your job, you come home, you make dinner with your person, you go to sleep and you do it all over again. And about halfway through, I just started realizing I was really Um, I was depressed, like I wasn't satiating this like creative hunger and I wasn't creating anything, I wasn't making anything, I wasn't performing. I was kind of muting and silencing this huge part of who I am. Um, So I ended up moving out and started writing this EP in 2019, um, which was serious fuck because I didn't know who I was anymore as an artist or really who I was as a person. I really lost myself in, in the whole thing, to be honest. Um, and Shamu was the first song that I had written um, coming out of that little hiatus for lack of a better word and then all the songs after that just started fucking flying out and my friend I was asking her we were going over titles for the thing and she was like I feel like you're just in this moment you were like lost in that moment and all of these songs were a moment in your time of like rediscovery and self-discovery like you were only here for now and I was like, "Oh shit!" Like that's exactly how I feel about it. So, hence the titles. Like, you know, there's a lot of genres in there. There's a lot of different stories. And you know, I wrote Disney shit about being so in love, and then two months later, wrote Change about falling out of love. Um, it was like all of those moments I was in just for that just for that moment, and it was like um an exit along along the journey, I guess.
0: It's uh, it's definitely there's you can hear all the different influences. Uh, that you listen to in the EP here for now. Cause I know I was not expecting to hear uh, like change, you know, like that, uh, the, that ballad ask song. I wasn't expecting to hear that after, you know, the, the first single I had heard, you know, uh, and then hearing mm-hmm. like Shamu as well. It's just kind of like, you know, party in your face. We're, you know, fucking shit up and having fun kind of thing, you know, like, (laughs) and, and that's totally cool. Like I'm not saying anything bad about it. So it just, it just goes to show that you're extremely talented. Um, and you've, you're welcome. And I, and I'm glad that you're, you know, you decided to, to pick it up again. Um, and, uh, you know, that it's, it seems like getting back into it, it's going, it's going really well for you. Um, we, We tried to touch on this earlier uh, during our our bad connection, but like right now you're in Nashville and you're at, you said it's called Sync, right?
1: Yeah, so um, I'm signing a publishing a licensing and syncing deal with this company that started in the South Bay and has moved their headquarters to Nashville. Um, And so they got like a bunch of their writers and some of their producers together for a Sync writing camp, essentially um, we wrote songs for Sync and for Placement, um, kind of got to know each other. And it it was crazy because I didn't really know what to expect. But essentially they had like three studios set up and they plopped a producer in each and then two songwriters um, or a songwriter and an artist or two artists um, in a room and just said kind of go. And we had never met each other. Like everyone was kind of just a, from different parts of 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 the the country just kind of plopping in and making music together and then having lunch outside and then going back in and making music. And so it it was, today was the last day. So it was, um, it was a really, really cool experience. I've never, never been a part of anything like it. So it was wild.
0: So what did you learn coming out of that from who did you, I don't know if you're able to say, but who did you end up working with,
1: um I worked with I actually don't know if I'm able to say either, but like I I'll forget. Um I worked with one guy, uh, Derek Hughes, uh, he was the producer the first day who I worked with. Okay. Um, and it was just me and him. The second day I worked with the co-owner of the company, um, uh Michael Whitaker, and then another artist, William Davenport. And then the third day I worked with um uh, a writer Nikki Williams, and then a producer named Sean Rogers. And she, like the first day, we kind of wrote like a very Shamu-esque song, kind of like party, like let's fucking go. Um, the second, the second day, we I wrote like a ballad. Um, very like emotional, like 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 hallmark type thing, you know.
0: <laughs> yes. What are
1: those? What's that channel with like all of those like movies that are just so dramatic? Uh, Lifetime. Um, yes. Oh my god. But yes. <laughs> and then after lunch, we ended up writing like a like a Charlie XCX like Remy Wolf type song. And nice.
0: Then, I like Charlie XCX.
1: Yeah, me too. Yeah. And then um, today we wrote. Like, a kid's, like, like I can totally hear it in, like, Rocket Power or something. Like, a kid's pop-punk song. And then the second half of the day, we wrote a Christmas song. <laughs> <It's>
0: like... <laughs> Merry Christmas in September.
1: Yeah.
0: Well, of yeah. course, if you think about it, it's really, yeah, it is already September. So it really isn't that far from now when you think about it that way.
1: mm
0: But, um... It sounds like they got a lot of work <laughs> out of you uh, in this this span of a weekend. But um, what were what were some of the things you picked up or, or learned about with working with? Have you worked with a lot of different songwriters before?
1: Um, so usually I tend to write with the same handful of people that I met at USC. Um, you know, usually Matthias Mora, Rob Nagel, How AJ Peacock. Um, Caitlin Noti, Hunter Porter, like, just like some of my closest friends from school. Um, I've never really, I mean, I've done a blind, right? Like maybe, maybe once or twice. Um, so this, I think answering your question, what I learned from it is like when to speak and like when to shut the fuck up, when to like fearfully just like throw your shit out and when to, um, it's. I mean it sounds intense
0: when you put it that way. You know, like
1: well, cuz there's so many different opinions and there's so many different brains. It's like, you know, you can't be shy about throwing out an idea and at the same token you can't be super proud and and be like my idea is better than yours like I think it was a really cool learning experience of like sheer and true collaboration from like all different types of styles and knowing when your part is good and knowing when their part is better and being okay with that. Um, so it, it, it was just, I don't know, man. It was Most of the time it's like production, I'll be writing, and my producers like creating the production at the same time. And some of these were like zero production and like a beat or like a chord and constructing it that way. Um I, I learned a lot. It, it was, it was a little bit of a mind blow. It was, it
0: was fun. Yeah. It sounds, it sounds like I learned a lot. And I, I know exactly what you're talking about when it comes to when, you, and it doesn't matter like if you're at a, like a, a conference like you're at or if you're just like writing with some friends, it's like, you gotta know when to put <clears throat> your, uh, your guard down and say, okay, you're right, <laughs> you know, like, yours is better, <laughs> mine sucks, like, okay, you know, like, and I know exactly what Yay. you mean, yeah, it. It, and it's hard, <laughs> it's hard to, to, it's hard to let those go sometimes, because you might be really stoked on, like mm. you said, on your idea, you're really excited about it, but then someone else has something better, or everyone's opinion about your part is not good, so...
1: And I think too, like going in with, um, with just no, no shit attached. Like, cause it's not necessarily if someone's like, oh, what about this? And it's like, huh, well, like, what about this? Like, it's not necessarily that someone's like, that idea fucking sucks. Like, it's just like, <laughs>
0: right. It's not, yeah.
1: Like, but, we're going to shimmy over to the left and <laughs> try this idea or you go down a rabbit hole of an idea for 15 minutes until finally you have to look at yourself and be like, okay, let's scrap this concept that I had. Like it's anyone else think brush. And it can be frustrating because you go down a rabbit hole for an idea and it's it seems like a waste of time, but it isn't like you had to kind of go down there to realize it was just a pile of shit. <laughs> know that it's time to get out and, and go somewhere else.
0: Yeah. It Sometimes what starts out as a good idea leads you to a dead end, which really sucks. But, yeah, it's like you got to know when to abandon ship on those those ideas.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Yeah.
0: So you mentioned uh, the the voice. When were you on The Voice and how long were you on for? What was your experience like there?
1: Oh, my God. Um...
0: (laughs) I have a friend who was on The Voice. uh, Gosh, I always forget which season it was, but it's been quite a few years ago. I think it was like season five. You know, it's it's been a long time ago. And um, it was really interesting hearing his stories about, you know, like the behind the scenes and all that stuff, you know
1: yeah uh so, <laughs> <laughs> so i'm sure you, you've had an earful and i mean talk about like we legalities and contracts and shit that we signed So i don't really know like what i mean it, it was like so long ago i just don't really care but it, it was it was gnarly so i was on season seven and the behind the scenes like production part of it leading up to it is so much more than just like walking on the stage and singing for the judges as you go home. Like you're out there, you know, quarantined essentially, um, for a month, like in a hotel or wherever you are pre that blind quote unquote blind audition. Um, so they're prepping you, they're going through your outfit, your, you know, the song choice and well, I wouldn't call it your choice, but you
0: know. <laughs> yeah. Right.
1: Um, yeah, that, that was a very crazy part of the experience. Um, the vocal coaches are top tier. Absolutely, unbelievably incredible. I definitely feel like was worth the whole experience. Um, and then you meet really cool other creatives on the way. You share a room with someone you've never met in your life. Um, and uh, yeah, you're there. Some days you're sitting by the pool. Some days you're in hair and makeup. Some days you're rehearsing. And you get to rehearse with the full band. And you are like extras and like, you know, people are walking up to the building and they're like, oh my God, mom, like we're here. You're like the random person in the corner, like pretending like you're doing something. <laughs> um, so you have, you know, shoot days and this and that. Uh, and then you go up and you sing for them and you get to chat with them. Um, and so, yeah, it, it was cool. Like Blake Shelton is the man. He was so nice.
0: Was he, on, um, were you on his team? then
1: no so i actually didn't i didn't get a chair turn
0: okay gotcha
1: yeah they did this whole four minute like segment on the episode and then it was just a very like anticlimactic they like built you up and you're like oh wow we've been seeing they're telling this girl's story for four and a half minutes and then it was just like no chair turn. my mom just like so sad
0: yeah what a letdown i'm I'm sorry to hear that
1: yeah (laughs) it was it was it was interesting because they basically were like we wanted to see like a softer side to you like we wanted dynamics like this song was in your face in your face in your face you've got this big giant voice but we were really hoping to see like a softer delicate side of it Mm. i was like okay the producers were like come back for for the next season i was like okay cool let's do it came back for the next season did a pink it was still a rock song but like a softer one and they were like man like we really missed that punk side of you and i was like okay i'm done
0: (laughs) (laughs) i think i would have said the same oh my god
1: just throw myself off a cliff this is just a karaoke show and i'm just gonna go do something else
0: that's like stereotypical (laughs) hollywood like they tell you like okay no 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 we want you to be like this be like this be like this and you're like okay and then you go be like that and you come back you deliver and they're like no you know uh do this other thing or you know what we liked you better the other way and it's like you just can't you know it's like I said it's what,
1: exactly I just was <laughs> stood on the stage and was just like I literally just looked at the producers and I was like okay and I just like walked off because
0: it's like <laughs> Yeah, I would have done the same thing. I would have been, I would have been tired of that. Um, my, uh, my friend's experience though, I don't know, I get, I don't know if this happened, I guess this could have happened to you, even though, um, you didn't get super far along, but so they changed his song on him. Like, I don't know if it necessarily was at the last minute, but it, if it wasn't the last minute, it was pretty close to it. Um, and i can't remember what the original song was but they changed the song to if i were a carpenter and from what he tells me he thinks the reason why they did that to him was to enhance uh to to tie his story better to the song because apparently he just had mentioned once that his dad or his grandfather was a carpenter And so they just like created this whole story, you know? And that's like, that's why they made the change last minute. They're like, oh, if I were a carpenter, like that's it, (laughs) you know? And yeah. And I was like, wow. It was like, they just kind of like wrote your whole life, (laughs) you know? It was wild. Jeez. Yeah. That's
1: like, I think that's frustrating, right? Yep called the voice but like they like did that to your friend and we're like well we're gonna give you your voice we're gonna tell you what that is yeah you know and we're gonna give you this song and it's just kind of like well hmm. yeah
0: yeah it was it was (laughs) interesting (laughs) yeah yeah um but yeah it was it was i i was fascinated to hear your your end of it though for sure um but, you know, getting back to present day, um, you know, everyone needs to go buy or stream. Uh, listen to uh, Here for Now. It's a great, great EP. Well put together. Um, I know you just had a, uh, a release show for it. Um, what else do you have planned in this crazy pandemic world we're still living in to, you know, kind of, celebrate and get the, the word out. I know you're still just trying to, like, get back into gear, but I wasn't sure what else you were doing to do that.
1: Yeah. So signing this publishing deal um, actually tomorrow. That nice. Congratulations. Get- oh, thank you so much. Um, so hoping to get some of my stuff, you know, and in, in some placements and, and broaden uh, the ears that, that are getting to hear it. Um, I definitely want to do, like, an actual music video for Shamu with the real motherfucker.
0: You still have um, it?
1: Oh, yeah.
0: Awesome. Oh, <laughs> yeah. A-
1: Shamu is still alive, and she's still kicking.
0: Man, um forever. And to- Never get rid of Shamu. Yeah. Never.
1: Dude, that's the plan. We're trying to hold on to it as long as we can, but... Anyway, um so music video for Shamu, totally music video for I feel Good. Um, gonna get some live videos of those going too. and then I did a Christmas like a acoustic ep um, last year. So hoping to do like another little Christmas thing. Um, and then like you said, just you know it's it's been a bit of a year and a half for me in my own personal life. so, started I already started writing for the album and I think the next thing I'm gonna release will probably end up being an album unless I change my mind and want to just keep doing short EPs. Um just getting back in the studio and like I said, just getting back in into the swing of it. Just throwing myself back into it and doing the damn thing.
0: Awesome. Well I'm happy that you're back in it because you're super talented and it would be such a shame uh to see that, you know, go to waste. So welcome Welcome back.
1: Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. This was really fun.
0: Of course. Um, so I know Instagram, it's uh, Meg Music, and Meg is with two Gs. Um, where else can people find you online?
1: Um, so uh, YouTube, official Meg Music, SoundCloud, official Meg Music, Twitter, Meg Music, uh, TikTok, Meg Music, Instagram, as you know, um, I don't know what else people I guess use, Facebook?
0: Yeah, I guess everything is just pretty much Meg Music for the most part.
1: Yeah, sir. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, awesome. Well, Meg, uh, have a safe travel uh, whenever you are traveling back to California. Uh, safe travels. Thank
1: you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Have a great night.
0: Yeah, you too, Meg. All right. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. Uh, let's give another round of applause to Meg for. Uh, oh, I forgot my. Uh, <laughs> I forgot my iPad isn't connected. I'll have to reconnect that. But uh, thank you again to Meg for, for being patient with us and uh, you know figuring out our technical difficulties and getting it straightened out so we could have a conversation with her on the phone. So uh, her new EP here for now is uh, streaming right now so go stream it go download it all that fun stuff um our next guest uh is a former member of the Ataris. Uh, currently, he is the host of a podcast called That One Time on Tour, and he just started a new band out of this pandemic, which a lot of people have done. And, and so many great new bands have come out of this pandemic. So that's something we have to be grateful for. And uh, one of those bands is Fire Sale. So let's, uh, th- this is a pre recorded conversation. I did this with him uh, last night. So uh, we've first started off this conversation by uh, actually talking about how weird it is to be a guest on someone else's podcast when you're on the other side of the mic so uh chris swinney everybody shows it's kind of (laughs) weird it is weird isn't it um anytime I'm on someone else's podcast I'm like man this is so weird to be like I I guess it's a good thing though because then you you realize what it's like to be in the other person's shoes right
2: yeah it's it's strange like I've done a lot of these because of the new band and I I always ask people like you don't want to talk to Matt or Tim like they're in big bands and they're like oh no but you have a podcast like everybody wants to talk to me and it doesn't make sense man
0: <laughs> well sure it does you got the podcast and, I know it's just and, I, f-
2: I figured you would get more clicks on Matt Riddle than you would for me I mean who knows
0: you know you should make it a um like a competition of some <laughs> kind you know I know think
2: I mean? I'm the only guy in the band that like is used to doing this, so everybody's like, oh, I don't know, you go, you go do it, like, yeah, just
0: just give it to Chris, you know, yeah, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, well, this, uh, you know, this is actually like a couple years in the making, I feel like you and I, I talking,
2: yeah, we've been talking for quite a while. I, I did that little like video promo thing a while back where people from all over the world like you just sent in a little video and you sent one in and it probably sounded <laughs> and looked the best out of all of the ones that were sent in.
0: <laughs> I, I don't know about that, but you know, I, I try. Tried to make it look decent. You yeah. know? I think that was last year during the pandemic. Well, yeah. we're still in the pandemic, what yeah. are we talking about? Um, but like at the start of it or whatever. But I know, yeah, so, sometime in the last couple of years, we hooked up on Instagram, I think. yeah. And we're always like commenting on each other's <laughs> stuff. Yeah, yeah, let's, uh, you know, let's. We, let's we've had a lot,
2: of, a lot of the same guests on too. Like I, yes. you know, like when I had Fat Mike on, you had had him on a couple weeks prior to that. And I know how much of a big deal it was for me as well. It probably was for you too. And like, you know, and I've met Mike, we're acquaintances. I won't say we're close, but like, he kind of knew who I was. I knew, I of course know who he is. And I actually listened to your episode like three times, like psyching myself up (laughs) to do do my episode with Mike, because out of everyone I've ever had, I was nervous to talk to Chris from Propaganda, even though we kind of know each other. I was super nervous to talk to Mike. It's just been this thing of where normally I'm I'm cool. I don't care who's coming on the show. I'll just talk to them like they're my buddy, whatever. Then there's these certain people that come on and it's like, man, if I suck... They might not ever want to come on again, or they might think, oh, yeah, I did that show. He sucks. And it, it drives me crazy. I don't want to suck for those people, you know?
0: Yeah, I have the same problem. And I was super nervous for Fat Mike, too. I mean, it's just I've, obviously for many reasons. I, I We've, like you said, we've had a lot of the same people on our podcasts and a lot of really well-known people. Yeah. Maybe... Uh, is similar to Mike's stature or a yeah. little lower but like to me like fat mike is a legend just because no matter who you are in the scene no matter like how much you know about fat fat records or or no effects or anything like, you know, who fat Mike is.
2: There are people that don't listen to what we like, you know, in the scene or whatever you want to call it, that know who he is. I mean, exactly. He did the punk voter thing. He was on all the talk shows. Like people know who fat Mike is. So yeah, like having him on the show was a bucket list thing for me. And when he finally said, yeah, I'll do it. I was just so nervous because, you know, no offense to Mike, but you never know what Mike you're going to (laughs) get.
0: Yeah. If that's what I had heard too. So that was another reason why I was nervous. I'm like, man, like, but you know, I'm like, okay, it should be okay. Like he's sober at this moment. Yeah. So like, it should be good. And and I had people reach out afterwards saying like, yeah, like that's one of the nicest um, interviews I've heard him do like to where he's not, you know, kind of going whatever you want to call yeah. it um, crazy guess, like, crazy being an <laughs> asshole whatever you know however you want to put it you yeah. know so like that was that was like comforting to to your yeah. hear, hear that you know but yeah I mean you got to thank your publicist Melanie for that hookup so I actually know. got that through Vanessa at fat okay because
2: gotcha. I I had told her like I had Smelly on a while back.
0: Yeah, I remember that.
2: And that went awesome. And Smelly's the best dude ever. I, I recommend if, if you want to get him on, he's a good guest to have. Okay. But uh yeah, with Vanessa, I would just every time we would talk, and I have had almost every fat band on my show, they should yeah. basically be paying me right now.
0: <laughs> but uh Yeah, why I, aren't they sponsoring your show yet? I you don't know.
2: They sent a bunch of stuff for a contest one time, which was nice. Well, that's cool. But yeah, I mean every email at the end I would go PS, I want Mike. PS I want Mike <laughs> and then finally when he you know he he was sober and he was pr- promoting the new record she's like hey man if you want him he'll do it and and I kind of freaked out and
0: there we go. You're like, wow, <laughs> it finally worked. Like here Now I go. got to get
2: Melvin and Hefe and I'll have all of them.
0: Yeah, exactly. And yeah. then you can put like all the episodes together. <laughs> It'd be like a, like a, well, not a trilogy, but you know, like a movie. what would be uh, a, qu- a, series. Qu-
2: a quadrilogy. Would a quadrilogy.
0: <laughs> there you go. Quadrilogy. Some, something like that. But um, anyway, so Chris, um it's, it's great to finally be able to talk to you and yeah. actually have you on the podcast. Um, so besides, you know, that one time on tour, um, which is a great podcast, everyone should go listen to if you haven't already. Um, you've got some really I mean, you, you always have incredible guests on whether people know who they are or not. I mean, you yeah. have you have Zach. Uh, is it Zach Wild? Yeah. That's incredible. Like,
2: well, dude, before before we go on, it's a crazy story. So I never check my Twitter. I I basically just use Twitter like it's the last thing I use to promote the podcast. So at the end of the night, the episode's up like, oh shit, I better share it on Twitter. (laughs) I never ever check it any other day other than Thursday when I release an episode. And I had a message in there that had been sitting there for probably a month and it was his publicist. Oh my God. She's like, you know, we like the show. We really want Zach to come on to to talk about the new black label stuff. Uh, If you're interested, shoot me an email. And I sent her an email. I was like, is this for real like you're actually like asking for zach wilde to come on my show and she's like yeah he really wants to do it so we'll see he was supposed to be on my buddy dewey's on pure pleasure and he like bailed like three times so i hope it happens i have you know my notes ready to go it's supposed to happen on friday but if it doesn't happen now it'll probably happen eventually but it's set up it's in it's in the book so we'll see yeah
0: i mean you know how it goes like we all have busy lives and yeah and sometimes certain people are just super hard to get a hold of and yeah. i know i've had to reschedule with certain people like 3 or 4 times before it actually happens you know yeah. so um so it's it's understandable and it's just the <laughs> it's just the nature of the beast to like it, and i just honestly i usually don't give up even if it's a failed 4 times i just keep trying because yeah. you know i mean Life, like I said, life is busy, so we've, we've all got, you know, stuff going on.
2: I've so. been turned down five times by Henry Rollins, so we'll see if that ever happens. <laughs>
0: see, I mean, you just got to keep plugging away. I mean, yep. eventually you're going to have Henry Rollins <laughs> on that one time on tour, and everyone's going to flip the fuck out. They're going to be like, I, what? I,
2: well, I tell you, I, I've met him a couple times. You know, I was in the Ataris, and, and we did that right. song, Boys of Summer, and we changed Deadhead sticker to Black Flag sticker. So the first time I met him, I was kind of, hey... I'm in this group. We did this. And he'd heard the song. I was kind of using that to get my foot in the door. And uh, the few other times I've met him, I've always emailed and like tried to keep in contact with him just selfishly for me, he doesn't care. <laughs> and and I used to, every year I would invite him to Christmas at my parents' house. And ev- every year he would reply and he would, you know, I'm sorry, I can't make it. I'll be in Southeast Asia or I'll be in Australia. <laughs> so he's a nice guy, man. He'll always get back to you. Not just me, anybody. If you email him, yeah. he'll email you back.
0: Yeah. Huh. That's awesome. That's, some that's Someday he'll be on the
2: show and I can't wait to just ask him all kinds of stuff man
0: Yeah did you did you meet him at like a festival that the Atari's was playing
2: I met him. I met him at a festival. I can't remember if it was the Ataris or another band I was playing in at the time because I I toured with a bunch of different bands back in the day. Okay. But uh, then my bass player, Brian and I, that used to be in the Ataris with me, we went and saw him in Cincinnati for one of his spoken word tours and got to hang out and talk to him. And it's just been different shows of his and then different like festivals and things I've been at. I've always made it a point to if he's going to be in the same vicinity, I will... Do whatever I have to to at least go. Hey, man, remember me? Let's talk
0: for a second. He's gonna be like, "Oh no!" It's like it's that yeah. guy.
2: I, well, that's the thing. He probably, if he remembers me at all, he thinks of me as that guy. So maybe he'll never do the show. I don't know.
0: <laughs> I mean, we we all know people that are like that to us, yeah. And then, unfortunately, <laughs> you uh, have to be that way to somebody else, right? Yeah, exactly. So it's like I imagine I'm that way for somebody I'm not sure yeah. I'm sure if I sat down for a couple minutes I could be like oh I bet I'm that way for like this person or yeah. this person but yeah it's just you You try not to but sometimes it just it just happens you know
2: I mean I'll, I'll tell you as far as the podcast I know we're going to talk about a lot of other stuff but yeah. uh as far as the podcast goes I've knocked a couple bucket list things off That Mike definitely was a bucket list. Um, I'm a huge silver fan. I grew up in the nineties. So like the grunge stuff to me is just as cool as the punk stuff that I grew up listening to. And I had Ben Gillies, the drummer of Silverchair, on, and I've talked a couple of times with the manager of Daniel that our singer, but he doesn't do a lot of press. He, he hasn't said no, but he hasn't <laughs> said yes yet. Yeah. And then Henry Rollins, the other one. And then the top of my mountain, and some people make fun of this. I don't care. Is Dave Grohl. I, I, I had, I had why a t- would
0: anyone make fun of you for that. Like there's,
2: there's a lot of these like true people in the punk rock world that like give him shit or whatever. I'll tell you, man, I was on tour one time in Austin, Texas. He was there. I don't know why he was there, but he was at the, the venue at the show I was playing. And I got to sit down and talk to him for like 20 minutes. And he was the nicest human being that I've ever met in my entire life. I mean, yeah, I mean, and that's the thing. Not a lot of people would give me shit, but there's just people that kind of don't take them seriously. But I mean, come on. There's a member of the Germs in that band, a member of No Use for a Name, and a member of Scream and Nirvana. Like, it's the best band going right now.
0: <laughs> you you can't beat it. Like, when I think of a like a modern rock band, yeah. I think of the Foo Fighters. Like, yeah. They're just like, they're a, a rock band staple. At this point, you know, Um, because they're not you can't put them in that whole like active rock category. They're not alternative like 21 Pilots, you know, so it's like they are a rock band, you know, like modern rock.
2: I kind of feel like as far as bands that can, you know, sell out stadiums or whatever, it's kind of them and Green Day. That's kind of it. There's not many. <laughs> There's Like not- the Offspring used to be up there and like and I I love those guys. I'll always be a fan of the Offspring, but when you see their tour dates, they're not playing the Enormo dome down the street from your house. They're playing like a normal sized big place, you yeah. know. So yeah, when you think about that, it's kind of weird is there ever going to be another rock band and and when i say that i mean i know radiohead can sell out stadiums i know that muse can sell out places like that i'm talking like in that vein of where there's a little punk rock there's a little classic rock there's a lot of modern rock is there going to be another band like that that can get to that level or now with streaming and everything are are rock stars kind of dead you know what i mean
0: yeah I, that's something I often think about too, is, is, is there going to be anyone else to, I mean, there has to be to someone, someone to have that, that stature and that becoming that staple, that household name, so to speak.
2: And I take Metallica out of that because they're not a rock band. They're like, they're, they're they're their own
0: thing. (laughs) They're, they're a, a hard rock or. metal Metal. i mean it's in the name (laughs) yeah right it's it's in the name but yeah they're not a rock band some people when you call metallica a metal band they're like they're not metal and it's like well technically they are it's just not the you know the heaviest metal that you could possibly
2: when you've been around for 40 years i mean you're going to go through some changes i mean even the foo fighters if you go back and listen to the first couple records it's still rock and roll but they've matured and changed and you know their new record they've got like gospel stuff on there like yeah I mean I think bands that stay playing the same thing forever are kind of boring like I've never been a Slayer fan because every record sounds like Slayer which is a good thing but then again there's not a lot of growth you know what I mean yeah, I agree Even, with even that. if it's bad, like, St. Anger by Metallica is horrible. <laughs> but I feel like they had to do that to get to these newer records that are decent, you know?
0: Yeah, I mean, every every band is, is, well, not every band, but when a band tries something new, I feel like you can't be too hard on them about it. You know, they're human beings after yeah. all, you know? Um,
2: I always and, used to tell people, too, it's like you've got your whole life to write your first record, and then you've yeah. got six months to write your next one. Yep. I mean Absolutely. it's a little different.
0: <laughs> yeah, and the pressure is on, man. Yeah. You know, especially if the first one was such a big success. Yeah. I, I can't imagine living with that stress. You know, like like I often think of Green Day selling ten million copies of Dookie and then it's like, okay, guys. <laughs> Let's, let's go
2: write some songs.
0: Go, yeah, let's do it again. I'd be like, oh fuck. Yeah. I'd be like, uh, forget it. <laughs> I'd be yeah. like, I can't. I can't do this. <laughs> you know. But um. But speaking of bands, though, like I mean, so how did. Uh, when were you in the Ataris and how long was that for? I'm not really sure. Cause I know the Ataris have had a lot of members. Dude, I was like the fifth the guitarist. US. Yeah. Like, okay.
2: I, I claim it cause you know, I mean, yeah, any bit of name recognition in this industry is going to maybe help you get a couple people to turn around. Right. But like I joined that band like 2007, 2008, which was a year or two or three removed from the big record. Yeah. And I was in the band for three or four years and, and did a lot of touring, had a lot of fun, helped demo a lot of the stuff that is still not out yet. <laughs> we had a record, we were going to record and do everything. And it just kind of, there was no label at the time, there were labels interested. And for one reason or another, we just toured, toured, toured. And because that's how you make your money, you know? Right. Yeah. And, uh, but yeah, being in that band was amazing. And, you know, I, I didn't leave on bad terms or anything. And Chris Rowe and I are still really good friends. We. He posts Metallica links on my page on Facebook all the time because we both are old school
0: metal guys. <laughs> are you guys still relatively close to each other or uh, He's he's from
2: well he's from Indiana. Right. Uh which is where I live and where I used to live when I was in the Atari's, then I moved around a lot. But uh, he actually, I believe he's in Arizona now. He's kind of floated back and forth. For most of the pandemic, he was in Arizona. Uh, he was in California for a while, a year or two ago. But now I think he's back like in the Phoenix area.
0: Okay. Gotcha. Because you're in the Mun-
2: Muncie area? Yeah. Ball, right. State, Ball State University. We're about an hour north of Indianapolis.
0: Okay. Yeah. I haven't been to Muncie in... God, I was probably I was probably like a senior in high school the last time I was in Muncie.
2: There's no reason to really come here. <laughs>
0: at all well i mean the the music is the music scene decent or not anymore or it used to be well,
2: I, I will like. say growing up around here because i grew up in a little town called upland which is like i mean in california they say upland but in indiana it's upland, upland. that's that right. if you live there or you're from here you know what it's called <laughs> and it's about probably a half hour north of here but we used to come over to muncie all the time because of the music scene there's a college here
0: yeah
2: and there used to be a so many good metal bands so many good punk bands there were like some reggae bands like there were ska bands like you name it there was a decent band here and there were a bunch of venues back in the day since i've moved back which i moved back here from uh, the gulf coast in 2017 there are a couple venues but i i don't really see the kind of presence of a music scene that i used to see And, and i'm like eight years removed because i i moved away You know, back in the the late before like before 2010, then I just moved back a couple years ago. So, growing up around here, there was a wonderful scene. Now I can't couldn't really tell you. I'm kind of removed from it, you know.
0: Yeah, is the uh, is Be Here Now still there?
2: Be Here Now is uh, when I was growing up. That was called Headliners. Okay, and then they were called. Then it was called the Speakeasy. (laughs) <laughs> and nice. then it became be here now and it's been be here now for over a decade so yeah they
0: say quite a long time
2: <clears throat> they yeah. were one of the first places in this whole area to kind of open back up and be like hey we're gonna have a band play and uh, i've not been to a show there for quite a while i don't know really what how they're doing during this whole covid thing but uh yeah. but yeah if you want to go see live music in muncie and you don't want to see like a band playing leonard skinner
0: that's where you go <laughs> yeah th- there's you know there's only so many options right but i yeah. remember well i remember like. Muncie having like a pretty cool looking like downtown.
2: There's a really cool looking downtown. Uh, I used to teach guitar down there. There's a music store called Muncie Music Center. After the pandemic hit and I didn't really teach for like eight months, they they have really small teaching studios. Mm -hmm. So the health department wouldn't, when everything opened back up, they still wouldn't let you do lessons because you can't socially distance. So I opened up my own place on the other side of town called Midwest Music Mentors and I'm teaching there now it's in person and I'm doing a couple things online but uh it's slow slow to come back at one point I had 80 students a week and now I think wow. I'm around like 35 which is good for any normal guitar teacher but I was like uh, it's my
0: gig you know like it's I was my gonna main say thing. how the hell do you wrangle 80 kids in a week well
2: like, 80 80 kids a week they're half hour lessons so that's 40 hours a week
0: yeah. That's yeah. I don't know. That just sounds like a lot. <laughs> that's all it, I just think. It
2: is a lot like it's a lot more it's easier on my brain doing thirty five, but I, I want to get back to what I was post pandemic because I mean, that's my job. It's it's I'm self employed. I'm kind of yeah. one of those gig workers, you know, like a lot of the bands are. Yeah. Uh and right it's slow to come back. Hopefully people are getting vaccinated and stuff and we'll see how it goes.
0: <laughs> yeah. I hope, well, fingers crossed for you, man. I, I hope yeah. it goes back to, you know, back to 80 where <laughs> you want it, you know? So
2: maybe like 60 or 70. All right, can, all right, okay. Yeah. yeah.
0: that That's fair. Considering, you know, you've got that one time on tour podcast and fire sale now as yeah. well. So how did fire sale come together? Fire sales
2: weird. Uh, ever since I started like getting I guess bigger is a weird name, but like bigger guests on the show that I was friends with or that I was becoming friends with. I had this idea that, you know, I'm going to write some songs and get friends to play on the songs and then release this thing on the podcast and see if people like it, maybe do like a charity thing, whatever. It was just, I've been out of that scene for so long, other than just interviewing people and talking to people. Yeah, and I write music, and and I hadn't really written anything in about a decade, and I had a couple little riffs, and it's kind of messing around. And the way that it started, like the humble beginnings, was that I wrote a song one night. I tr- I programmed all the drums, did the bass, did everything, and I had this idea for a contest on the podcast where I'm gonna put up this link to this instrumental song. You record vocals to it, send it back to me, and like the top five versions get played on the podcast, and I'll promote promote your band or or your business or whatever. Yeah. And like 40 people did it. Wow. Which blew me away.
0: Yeah, that's badass. I I don't remember if I caught that or not. I feel like I didn't catch that contest, but that's that's a really good idea.
2: Yeah, you had to like basically on the Instagram post and the Facebook post, you had to email me and tell me you wanted the track. I'll send you the track. So yeah, Uh like literally like 40 people from all over the world did it or ask for it. Probably like 32 people sent this, the track back Uh and there wasn't really any bad ones. Everybody was pretty good singers. Some of the recordings left a little bit to be desired because maybe they didn't have a nice setup. Sure. And I played a couple on the show and it was like this really cool thing. And this one guy, that uh, I'd actually met his band had sponsored a couple episodes. His name is Pedro from Richmond, Virginia. He plays in a band called Amberetta, which is an amazing punk
0: band. I was just listening to uh, the the song that you premiered. On oh yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. And his other band, Shot Clock, they Shot had actually, Clock, yeah, they had promote, they had sponsored an episode. So I was familiar with Pedro, and we talked a lot. And I'm a fan of of Amberetta from back in the day. And he was in another band called Fun Size that was like signed to a major, and I liked that band a
0: lot. I think I remember that band. <laughs> And Sounds so familiar.
2: we got to talking and he's like, hey, I recorded vocals on that track. I'm going to send it to you. And I liked it so much. He did such a great job that I said, hey, do you want to like start this little project and we'll actually give it a name and like put it out? And he said, yeah. And we called it Southern Gothic. We only had one song and we put it up on the streaming sites and, and, and people kind of dug it. There was a nice response, but then it just kind of died out. Because I didn't have any other I didn't have any other songs ready to go, you know? <laughs> so then fast forward maybe six months, and this is all during the pandemic. So yeah. fast forward maybe four to six months. I was bored one night and I wrote a couple of songs that I really, really thought were good. But I mean, you always think your own stuff's good. I'm I'm not a good editor. So I'm like, oh yeah, I think this is good, but it probably <laughs> sucks.
0: Yeah, I know what you're saying.
2: And so the whole idea was uh I wanted to get a real drummer to play on it. I didn't have a band at all. It was just me. Okay. And um, I hit up my buddy Tucker from Thursday and said, hey, will you play on these tracks? He's like, yeah, man, totally. So I sent him the tracks and my buddy Brian Churlo, who was helping me like mix and produce stuff, he lives out in Jersey, which is where Tucker's at. And they went into the studio and cut drums for the two songs. And basically what happened after that was i had these songs i had like a product like somebody played drums they're not just fake triggered drums (laughs) and i didn't know what to do so i was like man i I need somebody to play bass i'm not a good bass player and i had just kind of reconnected with matt riddle from no use for name and face to face he was on the show and we'd met back in the 90s he doesn't remember it but we did
0: (laughs) (laughs) i'm telling you we
2: met (laughs) yeah so i i texted matt and i was like hey man uh I wrote some songs. I got a drummer to play on them. I think they're pretty cool. Maybe check them out and let me know what you think about them. I didn't even ask him to play bass. He sent back bass tracks.
0: <laughs> Just like here, it was like yeah. maybe he gets that all the time, so he like he knew. doesn't.
2: He should get it all the time, but no, he doesn't. He doesn't at all. <laughs> so, so, but here's the thing. So then I had you know one of my favorite bass players of all time played on two songs that I wrote. And then I was getting excited. I'm like, wow, this could be cool. I still did not have a singer still didn't know what I was going to do. So before anything else, Brian, who was like kind of helping me and Brian's, you know, won awards for like working with Justin Bieber and Paramore and all this crazy
0: shit. God, that's nuts.
2: And he was doing all this for free because we're bros and it's the pandemic and he was bored, you know? So every once in a while I'm sending him stuff and he's tweaking it and doing whatever. But, uh, So basically he said, Hey man, you need to play some more guitar on these songs. Like they're good, but I think there needs to be some more layers, you know? And I was like, man, I'd like to do that, but I'd also like to find someone else to play on it. And that's when I hit up Tim from protest the hero. Who's a buddy of mine. He's like, Oh yeah, I'll play piano on it too. And I'm like, hell yeah, dude, go for it. (laughs) So then I'm like, I've got Matt's involved, Tucker's involved. Well, once we got everything on the song, except for the vocals, the drums that Tucker cut, they were amazing, but they were strictly the way that I programmed drums. Mm. He didn't really throw his himself into it. He didn't have the time in the studio to really, you know, kind of inject that Tucker feel. It was just, I, I sent him this. these roll drums that I programmed. He played that. Yeah. So uh, my producer, Brian, was like, hey, I know this guy named Will. He's a session guy he can cut drums for us. Maybe it'll be a little bit more exciting since you're not a drummer and Tucker just played what you put down. And Tucker was cool with that. And he's never really been in fire sale. He was just, he's a buddy and he was helping me out to get the demos going. Sure. A lot of people still post pictures and there's like this promo picture with Tucker in it. And I'm like, ah, he's not in the band. (laughs) So this guy, Will Ferguson, great guy, great drummer. He cut drums on the two songs. And so then I'm like, okay, they're pretty much done, but they're instrumental, (laughs) but they're, they're split up into like an intro and a verse and a pre-chorus. Like they're, they're songs. There's just no vocals. And that's when I hit up Pedro, who was my, the guy that did that project with me on the podcast. And I sent it to him and he's like, dude, this is great. Hell yeah. And he recorded the stuff. And by that time, like Matt had said, Hey, if, if this is like a band, I'm down. And Tim's like, I'm down to do a band. So everybody kind of it became less of a project and more of like, wow, we're really going to do this. (laughs) And then I was posting some stuff on, I know this is a long winded story, but. No, no, it's, it's fine. I'm very fascinated by it. I'm not used to talking this much.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Right. I know. I feel the same way. Like when I like talk for 10 minutes, uh, you know, when it's just me, I'm like, wow, that's, it's weird. It's too much. It's like, yeah, I'm used to just
2: going, uh uh-huh. Right.
0: Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Oh, okay.
2: Yeah. 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 So yeah. But so we decided it was kind of a band. Uh, I I had just had Sam from get dead on the show for like the second time and they had that great new record that came out dancing with the curse. And there's a song on there called fire sale. And when I, when I was, I was listening to it one night and I went, wow, that's, that's a really cool name for a band, but I bet there's a million bands named that. Yeah. Well, right. there was there was one DJ who hadn't done anything since like 2004 and there was one band of high school kids that hadn't done anything
0: since 2003. Were they the ones in Iowa or something? I thought I Maybe it was
2: a- 2008 or something. Yeah, there was something in Iowa, these kids, they were like yeah. fire sale making a name for themselves. So, I saw <laughs> that too that night when I was looking. Yeah. And and then like at Firesale and Firesale.com. It's like some clothing company or whatever. Mm. But I was like, I think I can get away with this. And naming a band is the hardest thing in the world. It certainly so is. Yeah, I, I sent the name to all the guys. I said, hey, I think it's available. We should grab it if you want. Everybody was on board. It sounded kind of dark, but it's kind of stupid too, you know? <laughs> and uh, basically what happened after that was i had made a bunch of posts just telling people what I was up to, you know, and can't wait to share this new project. And then labels started hitting me up wanting to hear it. And there were four or five labels that were down to sign us and they all wanted to do full length records. And I at that point we only had like three songs. And so Spam Records out of Austria, which you know they've worked with Pulley and, and Yo Tom from Useless ID and, right. and Frenzel Rom and like all these great bands. They were like, We want to sign in, we want to put out a full length. And I said, Listen, I really want to do a seven-inch single because I'd like to introduce the band to people. And not just go, hey, here's 13 songs from a band you never heard of, but you've probably heard of our other bands. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was a better idea to like test the waters, just put out a little single and see. And they were like, hey, whatever you want to do, we'll we'll change the contract. I'm like, cool. So we went with Spam. And since then, it's been really cool, man. We've had a really good response with the two singles we've put out. We have, I'm looking at my little whiteboard right now. We have 15 other songs for the full length that we're nice. working on. And they're in varying degrees of like com- completion right now. Okay. And, but none of us have ever been in the same room after we started this band. Yeah. We record everything remotely, man. Right. And we have, we have a new drummer, Paul Williams too. He's from a great band called Making Friends. And uh, he's an actual, like he's in the band now. And he lives in Fort Wayne, Indiana, which is about an hour and a half north of me.
0: I was going to say, i uh, got someone in your state. That's good.
2: Well, like Paul was originally going to kind of be the guy anyway. I've not really talked about this on a podcast, but what happened was is that, you know, when I asked him, Hey, do you want to be in fire sale? We didn't really know what was going to happen. And and we, it was just a weird situation to where we got this other guy that was going to cut everything. And then I, I thought yeah. maybe he would be in the band, but he was more of a session guy. And, finally it worked out and paul joined the band and he's yeah. he's cutting the drums for
0: the full length awesome well i'm glad yeah. it finally the stars kind of aligned you know? and at
2: some point we'll all be in the same room together i hope
0: <laughs> well hopefully i mean you got to play at least one show together at some yeah. point right I well mean...
2: we, we it's funny because we've had a lot of like uh Not super like offers, but like a lot of interest from like going to Europe and going to South America and Australia, Japan, all these places. And I just think it would be hilarious if that works out And the first time that we actually are in a room together is like the night we have to play a show. (laughs) <laughs> in another country
0: <laughs> right you're like in japan yeah about yeah. to play this show and like you've never actually all
2: i'm like we're gonna, gonna have man. to get in the hotel room and grab the instruments and like because even in the ataris like sometimes we'd bust out songs we hadn't played in a long time and you have to kind of relearn the stuff you know right. we'd be in like the hotel room before the show before sound check like with no amps just going through and our drummer was like playing on a pillow like just yeah. trying to learn the parts back you know
0: i mean you got to do what you got to do right yeah so, yeah that's awesome man um so this the seven inch is not is it out yet or is it still on pre-sale i can't remember the
2: the seven inch okay so it was kind of weird because it was supposed to be out a long time ago but what happened was is with covid the pressing plants are like backed up man yes they are like, like they even told us like the other day when we found out that we finally got the stampers are done and the test pressings are getting made for the seven. And it's like pre-sale has been up for, I don't know, three or four weeks or something like that. And it's selling pretty well, but they were like, you know, on the website, like, hey, if you pre-sale, it might not get to you for like eight weeks because <laughs> the pro- the thing is they make the stampers. They, they send you the, the, the test pressings, you approve the test pressings, and then it only takes a week or so to cut the record you know like the production of it is all the pre-production of actually having the lacquer cut and everything so it's it's on schedule now uh the stampers are done right now they're saying it should ship sometime at the end of the month or right there at the beginning of october so uh but yeah it's it's been a little bit crazy uh our our representative at the label was like when are you guys going to be done with the full length and I said, I don't know, January, February. And he's like, Well, if you want it to come out next year, it needs to be soon.
0: Oh, damn.
2: Because the wow. pressing plants, they're they're like, if you bring them a new project, they're like, Oh yeah, that'll be nine to ten months. Like it's crazy.
0: Wow. I think it's yeah, it's just with COVID and then with vinyl being so popular. Yeah. I mean, And I think everyone's just with the pandemic, they're like, oh, we'll just release new music. And
2: (laughs) well, and there's there's actually been quite a lot of uh, of new labels pop up during the pandemic because people had to do something. So. So, yeah, the 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 plants are just swamped with projects, whereas before the pandemic, it might have only been a couple month process. Now it's like at least six months, if not more, you know.
0: And all the, it, not even talking about all the new releases, all the re-releases oh, that yeah. are happening, yeah. you know, so-and-so is putting out their record from 25 years ago on a uh, special blue vinyl, you yeah. know, yeah. and like this, there's only going to be, you know, 100 of them or whatever <laughs> it is, you know, so it's like, there's all those and... And uh, I'm not making fun of them. It's just there's a billion of those. You see them all the time. People can't
2: tour. So they're trying to think of what can we do to be special to maybe make a little bit of money while also, you know, releasing something we love. Tons of reissues. And yeah, man, I mean, I don't think if the pandemic would have hit, I would be releasing music. I hadn't done it in years. So I I tell people when they ask about this band, like, yeah, it's fun. And I'm so excited. And the guys in the band, like, I love them and admire them so much. I I love what they do on all their past stuff and what they're doing now on this stuff. But if the pandemic wouldn't have hit, it wouldn't have happened. We were born out of necessity because we have nothing going on, you know, so let's write some music and let's get together. Like, I don't think Matt Riddle or Tim or any of those guys if there was just normal life going on, we go, Oh yeah, let me sit here for two or three days and cut these songs. Like, I don't think they would have done it.
0: Probably not. Yeah. They would probably Friend, friends
2: or no friends. I mean, people have
0: lives, you know? Right. Exactly. And they, they might have been on the road at that point or yeah. you know, doing whatever else they were doing at the time. So I'm glad, uh, glad it all worked out and that fire sale was created, you know,
2: so. We're we're really excited, man. And like people ask all the time, is this like a band or is it just a project? Like we're going to do our best to make it a band. We are all older than most people in punk bands. <laughs> so, so I mean, we, and we've all got like kids and jobs and right now it's the most stress free band I've ever been in. And we want to keep it that way. And yeah, we want to play shows. We want to do the whole thing, but we also don't have to depend on this band to make a living. Right, So we're going to keep it fun. We're going to keep churning out songs and we hope people like it. But honestly, we're doing it because we like doing it. The love of the music, you know?
0: And that's, that's the best way to be in a band, right? I mean, it's just to have fun and enjoy yourselves. You know, that's, that's really what it comes back to, what it's all about, you know?
2: And that's the thing, like the whole artistic kind of outlet, you know, I I kind of felt that way when I started the podcast because I felt disconnected from the scene that I loved And when I started doing the podcast, even though I'm not playing guitar and stuff, it's, I was doing goofy segments and I was like meeting new bands and, and telling stories about my dad and like all this weird stuff. And it felt kind of like having a band, like it felt cathartic and it felt creative. So, you know, parlaying that into actually writing and releasing music again, it's, it's kind of crazy, man. Like I I feel pretty fulfilled as far as the artistic side of what I'm trying to do, you know?
0: Yeah, you're giving me hope for myself. <laughs> Cuz that I mean that's honestly uh, that's why I started Pop Punk and Pizza was to stay connected to the scene that I was playing in but yeah. I was no longer playing in anymore. So I started the podcast and it's been like 6 years since I've released any Original music. So, yeah. you know, I guess I'm getting close to, you know, you said 10 for yourself So I guess I'm yeah. starting to get <laughs> Starting well, to get there myself, you know,
2: you, you always, you know, not to keep going back to Metallica But I, I always always kind of well, I always kind of bring this up Like I, I remember there was this this interview with James one time and the interviewer was like Why do you keep writing and releasing music? You're worth 400 million dollars mm-hmm. and he's like Because I'm a musician he's like i did this when i used to sleep in you know a camper and eat ramen noodles he goes i'm gonna do it if i'm a millionaire he's like it's just something that's in you and and that's the thing like i kind of had to get that back like I i had missed it for so long and the feeling you know when i finish a song or i get a guitar thing right or whatever it's it's that old school feeling of of playing music and it just it means so much to me and the other guys and a lot of the other guys had active bands already. So, I mean, they never lost that. But just the whole idea of of, you know, creating music with your friends and then people are actually digging it. That's an added bonus. Like, I don't really... If they don't like it, cool. I'm, I'm kind of doing it because I want to write music. But the fact that people are digging it is really, really cool. And We appreciate everybody listening to it.
0: Yeah, that's what it, that's what it's first and foremost all about, right? You're doing it for yourself, you know. And yeah. That's, and then if people like it, then awesome, you know. So. And
2: I mean, getting getting people to check it out has been f- kind of maybe easier than a lot of other bands because everybody in the band has kind of had other bands that have had some success you know and so if that gets people's foot in the door that's really really cool but if we had really shitty music and and it was you know hey the guy from the guy that was in the atari is a no use for a name and protest the hero and then they came and listened to the really shitty music they're not going to stick around you know
0: no Mm no well, and you wouldn't have the record deal either, yeah. you know, so no one would want to have, have their name attached to the band, you Yeah. Know?
2: so. It's been a, it's been a cool ride, man. Like if you would have told me in my early forties, I was going to release another record, I would have asked you what kind of drugs you're on.
0: <laughs> well, good for you, man. I'm, I'm happy for you, Chris. That's awesome. And I can't wait to hear the whole thing. Um, the singles are great. Everyone Thanks, needs to man. check those out. Um, they're available wherever you listen to music. Yeah. Where can people... People find fire sale online
2: well all of the socials it's just at fire sale is a band we thought that was kind of creative and cool and uh if you want to get any of the links you want to order we still have pre-sale bundles with with shirts and hoodies and stickers and whatever with the record and we have i think we're the only place in north america you can get the red blood splatter variant you can go to fire sale is a dot com uh, and for anything else, you can just go to the the spam website, which is like a uh, b a m dot rocks.
0: Awesome, cool. And then, of course, uh, that one time on tour podcast is what t o t o t.
2: Yeah, it's uh, at podcast. totot podcast or totot podcast dot com. It's got all the show notes and all the links for everything, and it's. I've been a little bit less consistent as of late. I went on a a big vacation and took July off because I hadn't had an actual break for only like a week or so since I started back in 2018. And so I took a little summer break and I've gotten back into it. But I tell you, man, it's when you take that much time off and you don't have to stay up late and edit and do all this crazy stuff, then you have to jump back into it and your kid starts kindergarten I'm, I'm slowly but surely adjusting to my new schedule so I can get episodes out and people don't get pissed at me. So,
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I hear you, man. I'm trying to juggle, you know, the the same things. I've got another podcast besides this. i got a full time job. Yeah. Uh, family life. You know, my son started preschool, which is not as, you know, <laughs> elaborate as kindergarten. But, you know, it's yeah, it, it's just like, yeah, you're trying to juggle all these crazy things so
2: it's tough because like you know during the pandemic it's like oh i'm not really working and i can do the podcast whenever i want i was doing eight to ten interviews a week and my kid wasn't in school and now it's like i have 30 students a week i have the podcast i have the band i'm doing other podcasts for the band (laughs) my kids in kindergarten my daughter is four and she's going to be in preschool like so yeah it, it went from like the pandemic I had so much free time I didn't know what to do with to now it's I can't even find a spare minute
0: to do anything. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, thanks for spending some of your time with
2: definitely man. With I, I love your today. I love your show. And what Thank I what I what I tell people all the time, I've noticed in the podcasting world that there's like this weird competition attitude sometimes.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. They're but different. I I just oh, yes.
2: feel like we should all be friends because we're all doing the same thing and and everybody should help each other out and I listen to your show I listen to Dewey's show I, I you know like if you like music listen to every fucking podcast out there it doesn't yeah. matter I don't understand the competition aspect of it
0: I don't either um I uh, I've definitely I luckily I haven't come across that too much you know yeah, most yeah. mostly everyone's been pretty cool but yeah they're when I do come across and I'm like What's, what's the big deal? You know, like, and maybe it's, maybe I don't notice it as much because I come from the radio world and in the radio world, it's actually a lot worse. So I'm sure it is. Yeah. You know, it's like, and, and even then I'm like, what gives, you know? So
2: I've just, I've just had some like different people that follow my show on like on Instagram or whatever. I'll post about a guest that I'm getting ready to speak to. And they'll send me a message and like in this underhanded compliment, like, wow, that's really cool. How the fuck did you book that? You like, (laughs) come on, dude, like work and you'll get it. Like, I mean, it's just, I don't know. I yeah. love I love podcasting. I love music. To me, they're kind of one and the same. I even use my show to promote the new fire sale stuff as much right. as I
0: could. You know, yeah, of course. Why not? Yeah. I mean, it's your podcast after all. Yeah. So, but yeah.
2: I love you. I love your show, and Thanks, I think ma'am. I think you're doing great work, man. And uh, thank you so much. I'm, I got to have you over on my show too, so we can chat.
0: I would be honored, seriously, because you have a great podcast. That One Time on Tours is definitely one of the best podcasts in this genre, I guess, genre of (laughs) podcasts, you know? So it's it's one of the ones that sticks out, I feel like, you know, of, I I mean, there's, like, since I started this one almost five years ago, uh, I think it's five years next week, which I may as well say five at this point. Yeah, yeah. There's so many more podcasts in the genre that have, you know, come out. Um, and I think like, like I said, I think yours is, is in, you know, the top 10 or top 20, however many you can put out there. But I think that's, (laughs) I think that's one of the ones that kind of sticks up from the punk esque scene.
2: Well, yours is right there with me, man. And I just got to say you're, you're fun to talk to. You're easy to talk to. Uh, I try to be that same way with my guests, so it's it's nice yeah. to talk to somebody that's kind of putting in the work like I do, you know
0: <laughs> yeah that's that's my my same philosophy here. I don't make it hard when any I listen to a podcast and it's literally like question answer, question answer, I'm yeah, like yeah. what I'm like, what are we doing? Why am I listening
2: to this <laughs> like i've got uh, I've got a loose set of notes, maybe like a timeline, so if the the conversation veers off somewhere, I can like get us back without big silence or whatever. yeah but there's many, many times when I have somebody on where I don't even look at my notes when Mike was on and we started talking about music theory and he was playing a song on his guitar, like I maybe looked at my notes twice just to see when the new record came out. Mm -hmm. Like it's I like to prepare. So if there's a reason like, oh, well, hey, yeah, what about this? Because I don't like there to be these big gaps in the conversation, but it doesn't always happen like that. Sometimes you just talk to someone for an hour and it's awesome,
0: you know? Well, sometimes you don't, you just don't know how it's going to go. I
2: know? just like to prepare. I mean, I, everything in my life, whether it's, you know, any kind of job or any kind of school stuff, like I, I don't like being unprepared. So I'll take two pages of notes and not use them and then feel good about myself because I didn't have to use them. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Right. Yeah. I feel the same exact way, man. When I end up not having to use them, I just feel good about it. I'm like, oh man, I'm glad I didn't have to go to that point because usually that's when like it's an awkward conversation you know yeah, it's just yeah. like and it's just not flowing well so like you got to use <laughs> you got to use those notes now and you're like oh you have man. your
2: cheat sheet just in case like you know I've had a couple guests I've not had any bad guests I've never had a guest where I didn't like air it or anything same here but I mean there's been a couple guys I won't name any names because the episodes turned out really well where at the beginning it was real slow and they were kind of like a little bit standoffish and then you find some common thread or common ground with the guest and then they open up and I've been lucky enough that the, the few times that's happened, the podcast has ended very strongly where at the beginning I'm like, this is unusable, (laughs) you know? Yeah.
0: Yeah. I, I know exactly what you mean on that, so it's uh, it's good to know I'm not the only one. Who
2: goes, <laughs> dude, I bet you we we could talk for
0: hours, man. Oh, we certainly could. Yeah. So, but um, but yeah, so uh, that one time on tour podcast, check out Fire Sale, Spam Records, all that stuff. Yeah. Um. Or as, as did I say? I said spam. I, or I see, as, dude. It's it's as, hard. As, yeah, spam.
2: That's, or, I always I, said S BAM and then they said yeah, that was wrong. So spam. I just, I say spam and then spam. I spell it S B A M. Yeah.
0: I try not to, it's like, I try to, I guess the reason why I say S BAM is so that it sounds like I'm not saying spam. Yeah. Like, I don't know.
2: Well, if like it, the guy that started it who does, he does art, Stefan, he does art for like Green Day and Fallout Boy and Blink and everything and no effects. Right. His name's Stefan Beham or Beham. Right. So it's, S BAM. It just kinda made sense. So yeah, it's kinda I always thought it was S BAM. Then I realized, oh, they're European. So it's it's spam. SBAM. So,
0: yeah. I'm gonna bam. One of these days I'm having him on the podcast. That's another one of those where our schedules keep not wanting to align. So it, it oh. took
2: us a while. He was on my show uh, and we actually were we, that's when we dropped the new fire sale single. It kind of was like synergy because he's on the show and they're releasing it. And yeah, it, it took a while because with him, you know, being in Austria, lining up those times are tough. When I had been on from silver chair, he's in Australia. I've had a couple of different guests on Josh Mann from paper arms and Lindsay from friends of ROM. It's always kind of weird because they'll send you, you send them like when you're available knowing that it's going to be morning the next day for them Yeah, and then trying to get everything together. The one time when I had Josh on, he was a good buddy of mine. It was actually going to be the singer for fire sale before Pedro signed on, which is pretty funny. Uh, Paper arms is amazing. If you haven't heard him too, you got to check him out, but he is in uh, somewhere in Australia, Adelaide. Maybe I can't remember where exactly, but we got our dates messed up because they're in the future.
0: Oh, so he right. signed
2: on at a different time than I did. And then I signed on and, and it, it, it took a few weeks to kind of get the, the thing figured out. But now I do stuff with people from Australia all the time. It's just, it's weird when people are that far apart on time and trying to make it work,
0: you know? Yep. Yeah, it is. It's super, super weird. So it, it's so,
2: and Australians don't like that joke. The hell's future. Don't, don't do that. <laughs> I, I did it once and I've not ever done it again.
0: I think I've only, inter- I've only done, two interviews with people from Australia. So two different so not too many, but I've I've done quite a few from the UK. Yeah, me too. Um, yeah. But uh yeah, only two from from Australia. So well, the next uh,
2: next time you do an Australian yeah. Don't don't say how's the future because every time Jimmy Fallon has anybody on from Australia on Zoom or whatever, he's like, "How's the future?" And I just I stopped doing it.
0: <laughs> nice. I'll I'll keep that in mind. I'm yeah, going yeah. to make a mental note of that. So and
2: all the Australian listeners out there will thank you for not making that joke.
0: <laughs> they're already thanking us. They're they're clapping yeah. their hands. All right. Well, uh, uh, Chris, it's Swinney, right? Yes, sir. Just okay. like it looks. Yeah, phonetically. Yes. Yeah. Or or what? Swiss. Right. Right? Swiss call- is what everybody Swiss calls me that's been
2: that's <laughs> been my nickname since high school like there are people when I used to tour full-time in the industry and in other bands and road guys and techs and whatever that don't know my actual name <laughs> there was like there was a guy that my friend was like hey have you listened to Chris's podcast he's like Chris Swiss oh Swiss has a podcast like it's weird. I don't know.
0: All right. Well, Swiss. <laughs> I like Swiss. That sounds so cool. It's my um, last name and my first name together. Yeah. It it goes perfect. I don't know if you could Synergy. do it. energy. <laughs> I don't know if we could do that with mine. That'd be like Je, Je L'Amour or something like that. I
2: like I like Je Le,
0: Le Jacques. Le Jacques.
2: There we go. Le Jacques. There you Le go.
0: Jacques. I like and that. And we're
2: going to start a podcast where we talk about punk rock called The Le Jacques and Swiss Show.
0: <laughs> Dude, that sounds like... Um, like really good hot chocolate, kind of like the Swiss. It does,
2: it does. <laughs> <laughs> People used to ask me all the time, they're like, are you, are you Swiss? Are you like from Switzerland? I'm like, no, oh, no, it's just
0: my last name and my first name together. Yeah, yeah. All right, man. Well, you have a great rest of the night. And, <laughs> you too, uh, man. Thank you so much for doing this. Everyone- it was fun. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. And yeah, just let me know. I would love to be on your show.
2: As soon as things calm down a little bit, uh, probably next month, I'll hit you up. We'll get it going, man.
0: Yeah, please do. All right. Well, have a great night. You too, man. I'll talk to you soon. (laughs) All right. Bye. Bye. (laughs) okay once again chris swinney from fire sale and uh, that one time on tour podcast uh, that was a pre-recorded interview i just did with him yesterday please check out his band fire sale uh, they're really good and uh, i really enjoyed the two singles they put out so far and you can pre-order that seven inch right now via sbam records um which uh, sbam.rocks i believe is what Chris said once again, and it's S B a M records. That's, how it's spelt. And uh, also thank you to our first guest Meg for joining us on the podcast. Her brand new EP here for now is available everywhere where you stream music so please stream the hell out of that as well. And that wraps up this episode. I'm Jacques L'Amour. Thank you to our title sponsor Pop Punk Takeout. Make sure you uh, sign up for your very own takeout box where you get pop punk merchandise delivered right to your door in a Takeout box. You can choose the pizza one or the Chinese takeout box. Uh delivered right to your door every single month. Uh, you can go to poppunktakeout.com to sign up or uh, and and also I should say follow them on Facebook, uh, Instagram, and TikTok at Pop Punk Takeout. And also, while you're doing that, follow uh, Pop Punk and Pizza at Pop Punk Pizza Pod on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can uh, go to poppunkpizzapod.com, um, buy merch there, use the uh, promo code um, Pop Punk to get $2 off your order, and also sign up for our mailing list while you're there. Drop us a positive rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever it is that you listen to podcasts. Tell your friends all that fun stuff. If you want to get more involved with other listeners of the podcast, we do have a Facebook group as well. Just search Pop Punk and Pizza podcast on Facebook and you'll see the Facebook group come up. So uh, the live stream. Uh, Happens every single Wednesday, 7 p.m. Central Time. If you don't catch the live stream on our Facebook, Twitch or YouTube, you can listen on uh, whichever podcast platform you prefer on Thursday is when the episode. Uh, gets put on podcast platforms so have a great rest of the night or a great rest of the day whatever time of day it is you're listening to this and just know that i'm truly grateful and appreciative for all of your love and support things have been going super well for uh pop and pizza and Lamore media in a whole so i i just want to Thank you from the bottom of my heart And send you lots of love And uh, let's remember to Continue keeping our thoughts positive Because what we think we become And I'll talk to you next week Here on Pop Punkin' Pizza Hey, hello, it's nice to meet you. Hey, come in and have a slice of pizza